Hi, this is James Grunvig with Decentralized.media. Yes, I'm back in the saddle. And yes, a for a guest from former Amp Media, SG Nons in the house, and he and I are going to break down the latest. Where is the storm taking us? Because there's multiple storms, in my opinion. Uh, we're going to talk about the Q platform number 17, whatever you want. I'm on a, on a different thing where I'm not so uh, tied down. We're going to talk about Trump trial, Trump indictments. There won't be any fifth indictment. We're also going to talk about uh, sting operations. I have a theory that there is a third sting operation. That's why the show is, is called God Acts in Threes. So let me start off with a PowerPoint presentation to set this all up. A few videos, then I'll bring on SG Anon. So this, this particular program is called uh, Unrestricted Warfare, and the title of the show, like I said, is God Works in Threes. And that is what we're doing. We're working in threes. Uh, the platform, as I mentioned, is Decentralized.media. I do two shows. One is Unrestricted Warfare, three days a week, and Beyond the Bible with Tracy L. White. Uh, she and I do that because I think it's time for people to realize uh, we're fighting a spiritual warfare here. So this is real interesting. We've seen this before. Uh, Joe Biden's war of masks been caught over the years. Elon Musk was even picking out a back of a mask. And now we got something so blatantly obvious I mean, two color skins. This looks like CGI mask, whatever it is. So clearly this isn't Benjamin Netanyahu, but this is how it's presented and people should wake up to the possibility we're, we're watching part of the war. It's a real war, but part of the war is a show. And I got a video to, to, to basically show what I'm talking about. Um, so we got the U.S. Uh, aircraft carrier, U.S. Dwight D. Eisenhower, the submarines with it, uh, the fleet. So they moved over into the Gulf of Oman. Why is this important? Well, let, let's show a map because I love maps. And here we go. We we have the uh, two aircraft carriers, and they got pretty much full reach of, of the Mideast, in particular Iran and Syria, where a lot of warfare is happening right now. And they, we got bases, U.S. has bases in, you know, in the, inside the Persian Gulf, and we have in other places. So we will see how this plays out. So this is from a few days ago, 52 attacks on U.S. military force since October 17th in Syria alone. This is kind of amazing. We're getting all the news between Israel and Gaza, but we're not really getting all the different skirmishes and, and battles that are going on and aircraft being shot down over in Syria. But this, this, is, this is all part of it. There is a big battle going on in the Mideast and Iran and Russia and China haven't stepped in yet to support Iran and the BRICS nation, but we're going to see how this plays out for sure. So this is important for a conversation on my uh, third sting operation, which I've never talked, discussed really with SG Nam before. So I'm going to tell him what, what my, my beliefs are and he's going to pick it apart, weigh in, whatever he wants to do. But here's an executive order, 13919, ordering the select selected reserve the armed forces to active duty and the cover story in my opinion is the enhanced department of defense counter counter narcotic operation western hemisphere so basically sending american uh, national reserve active reserve overseas right outside the united states because all the flow of, of drugs supposedly comes in from different places so this was april 30th 2020 i find this interesting because it ties in with my third sting operation, which will be later in the show. And then, of course, this is SG Anon. You can find SG Anon, a true social, the real SG Anon. Is that correct, SG? Just real. T-H-E would be often in this case. And the one on true social will have a red check mark for authenticity. 
So just real SGN on, right? Correct, sir. I will take care of the next time around. Thank you. Okay, let's jump into a couple of videos here. The videos are important to set the tone for the show and themes. שההערכה היא שנתניהו ממש מאשים את הדרג הצבאי שהוא הכשיל אותו, כמעט אני אומר בכוונה, זה הלך הרוח בסביבתו. But let me just paraphrase what she was saying. She did say Netanyahu in there. What she was saying, she was in a discussion on an Israeli news show saying that the IDF actually stood down to embarrass Netanyahu. They want to get rid of him. The military wants to get rid of Netanyahu. And so they allowed the Hamas attack to happen the 7th of October. So that's yet a different theory of, of why there was no resistance to Hamas paragliders uh, flying over over the most you know secure wall in the world right most surveilled a secure wall so i find that interesting that's another theory and we will see how it plays out but something to think about is there a fracture inside the uh u.s i mean the israeli government well it did show the 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 mask that netanyahu was supposedly wearing right he wouldn't wear a mask so some actor was playing him and now you have this uh this woman apparently was some intelligence background discussing on this news show that IDF actually stood up Netanyahu. So maybe Netanyahu has been removed and we just don't know. We're not over there. There's a thing called deep fakes or actors, CGI. There's a lot going on. Green screens, we don't know. And speaking of green screens, let's get into the next video. All the world's a stage. I mean, that's what Shakespeare said, and particularly Palestine, I believe. I mean, we know there was no 40 uh, beheadings of babies in Israeli hospital at Hamas. That didn't happen. We know the hospital wasn't bomb bombed, like I, like I said a couple of weeks ago, right? It was a parking lot. And now we, now we got uh, fake children being injured or, or children actors being injured or whatever, whatever they're doing. This is the propaganda part of what's going on over there. So not everything you, you watch is real. So they want to go after your heartstrings. This is how they manipulate people into certain actions. But what's incredible about this next video, this is not a Palestinian protest. This is to get rid of and arrest the president of Spain.
Imagine if the Patriots actually did something that incredible. I mean, we got together like that, united as in the United States. We're not there yet, but one day we will be there, I think soon within the next year. And when we are, you're not going to see any more Marxist Joe Bidens or anybody else steal elections. That's coming to an end. I got another one. Let's go here real quick. And this is important because this, this is one of the macro events. And so you're going to see the opinion. big banks dump on Wall Street very soon. Again, all the insiders are selling, whether or not this is Warren Buffett. I'm going to get to a story of this in a minute. Tim Cook at Apple or Jamie Dimon, who has never sold stock ever in his tenure in history at J.P. Morgan Chase, but is now dumping hundreds of millions, maybe billions of dollars worth of his own shares. Now, IRS data reportedly showed today that Warren Buffett could potentially be insider trading, according to ProPublica. There was a leak. These are the accusations that Warren Buffett has actually been front-running his own shares over at Berkshire Hathaway and selling and buying from his own personal account. This was just leaked uh, from confidential IRS data. It is all over the news. And these are really stark, grave allegations if they're true. Now, keep in mind, Warren Buffett also is sitting on the largest cash pile ever at Berkshire Hathaway. If you compare it to Berkshire A shares sitting at about a $764 billion market cap, they're sitting, sitting on about 20% cash right now. They own about or have about $157 billion of cash on the sidelines. So it's really interesting as Warren Buffett has been aggressively selling stocks like Chevron and hoarding a record level of cash. We now have breaking news that he could be, these are the allegations, or have been insider trading ahead of his own shareholders over at Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, and you can see here, this is the report on CNBC. So this is absolutely, you know, terrible news. Yeah, that's pretty interesting considering I've uh, interviewed uh, the LNG billionaire, uh, the French billionaire, Philippe Argillier, in uh, fall 2021, several times in 2022. I've interviewed him. He's gone on record. He has four Intel data banks on all the LNG contracts in Africa and knows who's been trying to uh, overthrow governments there and so on to puppet regimes. And he, he mentions 38 shadow members that run the world. And he only would name six, but he confirmed that Mark Zuckerberg was not one of the 38. He's too young. He's still a Rockefeller, but that's that's what he said. But the six are Michael Bloomberg, Bill Gates, George Soros, if Soros is still alive, right? Uh, Jeff Bezos. And now we get into Charlie Munger. And who's Charlie Munger? He's the business partner of Warren Buffett. He mentioned those six names several times in public. So I'm not breaking anything new here. But what is interesting is now we, we're seeing a side of Buffett. He's not your granddad. He doesn't love you. This has all been a psyop on who he really is. And now you actually see the allegations that ProPublica is a really excellent investigative journalist. And they, they, they broke out, I think, the Panama Papers and some other stuff. They are really good at what they do. They, 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 they are super thorough. They double and triple check their sources. And so the story on... Buffett front running his, you know, the investors into the Berkshire Hathaways. I could actually see that. That actually makes complete sense to me. Esjunan, welcome to uh, my new show, Unrestricted Warfare. What are your thoughts, number one, on the big bankers selling everything? I guess they know something that the average person does not. 
you know, I want to say thank you for having me back and I appreciate coming back on the transitory platform, you know, um, my thoughts on the things that we just discussed, we, you know, we just covered there with the basis that you laid and a great basis. I think that it was, is that uh, we need to start reading people by their actions and not their words, right? That's part of the great awakening, I think, is beginning to have a healthy skepticism again and understanding that there's nothing offensive or prejudiced or bigoted about having a healthy skepticism when individuals' actions seem to not line up with or seem to contraindicate what they're doing with their words and with their speech, right? Their rhetoric. The inverse Kramer is such a huge joke now on Twitter that it's a common understood, it's like a, a trading indicator at this point. Um, so you know, as we look at people like Jamie Dimon, this is a guy who's never sold shares, right? He's now liquidating quite a few shares. Larry Fink is selling off a, por- a portion of the, the BlackRock portfolio. Uh, we have the SWIFT system really sort of getting ejected from BRICS countries around the world at record pace. And now these events in the Middle East really stand to cripple the energy markets, which is going to affect and reverberate into big finance. And everyone in the West knows it, but nobody wants to talk about it. The awakened patriots are well aware this is coming for reasons that we've discussed. Um, even the on, even the non-awake, what you would call the normie patriots, those who are still asleep are aware that um, some financial, I think, dark straits still lie before us as we take this process of collapsing the dollar all the way through to the end and uh, building something out on the other side of that, right. To relinquish this, or excuse me, to uh, exodus, if you will, to exit this debt slave system. Um, And we should, we should acknowledge, I think that because of that reality, because that's playing into this, we're seeing these events happening around the world, which are showing us that all of those in, in the know uh, understand this as well. Right. So it's sort of a confirmation of sorts, if we could call it that uh, maybe a a circumspect confirmation that things are not looking so good for being involved uh, in the U S dollar or in assets that are tied to U S liquidities. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on all of it. And I, you know, I, I find it interesting, but yeah, sure enough, a week ago, they, they there was newspaper announcement that Jamie Dimon was selling shares. So that that is confirmed several different ways. And no surprise on Warren Buffett for being who he really is, because I don't trust Buffett. I don't trust Bill Gates. I don't trust any of those people, to be honest with you. And yeah, and we should have a lot of skepticism, like you said, especially after the last four years. So if you're not fully awake, you should begin to be awake. And you do that by being skeptical and asking questions. And then critical thinking and do what you also said, which is watch their actions. Don't listen to the words because they're going to be two separate things often. SG. Well, that's absolutely true. And I think as we go through this process and we look at the things that are happening in the world, right, we can categorically tell that actions being taken by one side are producing grievous harm in many regards and actions being taken by another side seem to be countermanding or attempting to counterbalance those first actions that happen, right, this back and forth game. And that gets into the esoteric and the karmic sense of this this battle that's going on around the world, right? We're transforming our society, but we're also bridging a new consciousness for mankind, new elevated level of thinking. I I think a much more intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit in our day-to-day lives, a much more intimate relationship with God, being able to walk and feel that and discern what our active intuition and our intangible sensory systems are all about. So this entire process encompasses the collapsing of the different um, serpentine slave arms of finance, the collapsing of the different um, or, or, or removal or restructuring, if we will, of the different uh, frequency warfare, um, you know, objects and monuments and things like that that are around the world, right? We have to have a true, honest conversation about the antiquities that have been hidden from mankind in the Middle East. Yep. We have to purge our governments of remarkable corruption that I think would leave most people 
uh, sort of beyond the pale if they were to get it all at once, right? If you if you attempted to give someone who is dying of thirst a drink of water through a fire hose, they would turn their head away. So it has to be this drip drip process, and that drip is beginning to turn into much more of a steady stream, I think. And we're starting to get a real current about this, and moving through, I think, the winter of 2023 and into 2024, headed towards President Trump's, um, you know, the Trump card, the Trump trials. Q confirms, I think, on a five year delta that that is the Trump uh, card here. These Trump trials come. Coming up, that's yep. going to, I think, usher in a new level of awakening um, just at the, we'll say that at the surface level of consciousness here in the United States and around the world about what these uh, groups that have been so entrenched in the various theaters that we just described a moment ago have actually been able to do to the election systems in all of our nations. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, before we go on to the Trump trials, I do want to cover that and the indictments and the judges and attorneys and sheriffs involved in all that because something special is happening there. I want to, the Mideast, we go from Ukraine and Russia, Russia having exposed a lot of the corruption, the biolabs, a lot of the uh, sex trafficking, money laundering, all of that stuff's coming out, right? And now we're moving to the Mideast, and are we are we witnessing a a war between, you know, the, the Arabs and, it, Palestinians are not Arabs, right? It's number one. But are we seeing, you know, war between Israel and its enemies, let me call it that way, or are we seeing two things that on the surface, but underneath the, the kind of cleaning out of the tunnel systems in the Holy Land? Is that is that a possibility? I think without question, it has to be. And it's worth noting that, um, you know, when we hear things like hospitals being targeted and different things like that, we have to acknowledge what sort of multidimensional irregular warfare goals are being achieved here. Um, you know, it's worth noting that hospitals are often used as the main feeder arms, especially hospitals with tunnel systems uh, directly beneath them, like several of the ones in Gaza. They're used for things like child and organ trafficking, uh, trafficking of corpses, body parts, pathogens, biological, you know, laboratory material, uh, right. uh, laboratory material, excuse me. Um, and Gaza, just in that 25 mile by about five and a half mile rectangle of land, has more than 400 miles of tunnels beneath it. Um, so to consider that that is, you know, a remarkable feat in its own right and goes back many hundreds of years, we're assaulting not only the things on the surface, but also the things that are beneath those systems tie into enormous chasm systems underneath the Middle East that go all of the way down um, 10, 15, 18 miles beneath the surface. Um, you know, you have, a, again, a civilization underground that we have to assault and that has been, um, I think, um, been attacked in a special warfare sense, if you want to call it that, since President Trump's um, election in 2016. But we have to acknowledge that that takes a lot of time, right? We're talking about covering a lot of ground. We're talking about a surface beneath the surface type of thing um, with you know a, a significant amount of uh, security and sort of um, home field advantage when you look at the, the type of fighting that has to occur there. The other thing that we're seeing highlighted, though, at the surface level, while this assault is happening, and it is happening because we have corresponding earthquakes in the month of October to show this, and they're all very patterned. Um, but the other thing that's happening at the surface level is we have CIA, Mossad, deep military intelligence assets in all theaters being drawn out and exposed into the light for all to see. Right. The Israeli population does not like the Netanyahu government and is very well aware that this was an instigated false flag on behalf of their government. Um, the same thing with us here, here in the United States, understanding that Joe Biden is not a legitimate president. Right. This is not the person that we chose to have. A similar sort of attitude is, is taken towards Netanyahu, especially since the uh, assault that's been happening on the Israeli judiciary and the covid vaccine mandates. Right. One of some of the most draconian mandates in all of the world were rolled out in the state of Israel. So this is a liberation operation in many regards for we, the people on both sides who primarily get along fairly well. 
Um, you know, the United States State Department was the largest financial contributor to the election of 2006 in that area that it, that installed the Hamas authority into power. Um, if we go back about 10 years prior to that, it's very clear that the chosen preference for the Palestinian Gazan people was going to be the PLO and Yasser Arafat. And it was not to the advantage of Washington, D.C. or Tel Aviv to have that organization coming to the table with such support. So Hamas actually was you know, sort of the enemy of my enemy is my friend back in those days and garnered a tremendous amount of, of, of funding and um, you know, propping up from both areas. Right. So this is a highlighting, I think, of deep state components on both sides. And if we can accomplish that and distract the black hat components of militarized forces here at the surface, we encounter significantly less resistance in the other operations that have been occurring. I think we can trace these back to early summer when we look at the deployment of different U.S. special operations capable groups in the Mediterranean. Yeah, now you're right. You're right about that. In fact, on day two, uh, the cover story after the false flag was, oh, U.S. SEALs and Delta Force are, are in Israel to, to go in and rescue the hostages. I'm saying, no, 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 they're there for subterranean warfare. That was my, my, that was my first reaction, just hearing that news. The fact that they're even put, putting out a story like that, it's like, well, why would you? I mean, you, we know the special forces are there. Then we get three days later, you know, the uh, Luftwaffe, which is air weapon from Germany. So their special forces have joined, you know, the Americans, I guess, in more subterranean warfare. That is how I'm looking at it. There's, there's nothing to do with the hostages, in my opinion. Like the hostages is a cover story. And they're actually going in there doing the things they need to do. I think that's a very big component part of this. I also think it's worth noting that if we're going to um, do a fake out in a true espionage warfare sense, such as a pas de Calais maneuver, which is what we have going on here, we do have to, you know, give, I think, kinetic vitality and, and personification to the lie. I do think that we have some detachments that are going in and, and doing these things like hostage rescues and things that are being pulled to the forefront of the narrative space because it is necessary to sell the idea to the rest of the world. What they're not being told and where the compartmentalization, I think, protects things is that you have significant components of these special operations forces that are nowhere in sight on the on the on the ground in Gaza. Right. We have all these different news stories breaking of different joint operations and cooperative exercises being run and not a single photograph from anywhere, including with all of the citizen journalism there on the ground right now in the world. So this tells me that we have two angles at play, two operations sort of happening. It makes a whole lot of sense that this is the case when we consider that just prior to the launch of this event, the 26th Mew was anchored in the Red Sea off the coast of Riyadh, having conversations with the Saudi Arabian government. And Saudi Arabia, which is sort of the de facto runner up for the head of the Muslim uh, Sunni Muslim world in that area has chosen to be very measured and very restrained about this conflict happening in Israel, as, almost as though they were uh, sort of given you know a, a blow by blow, if you will, or an overall general theme of how these things may play out. Um, so it's worth noting that this this entire process includes multiple different factions, right? The Iranians have a deep state government and a patriotic government as well. The Egyptians are no different. The United States is no different. You have individuals installed in different positions of power across all nation state boundaries that are for we the people and those who are against we the people, right? In whatever form or fashion we could call yeah. them the globalists or the mafia. Um, so dragging them out into the light and occupying their capability to resist us while we go around and assault them in much more significant areas where it's going to hurt a lot worse and truly disempower their system. I think that's what we have going on in the Middle East. I'm with you on that. That is an excellent uh, download on what's going on. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Uh, the Trump trial, right? Uh, Q said before indictments, 
Who knew? I thought it was always Hillary Clinton, but it ends up being Donald Trump with the four indictments. But Q said there is no fifth indictment. There is no fifth, right? He had the, the checklist. So we're here with the four, obviously. And we got a New York City judge, who, you know, through the New York Post of all places. And I'm a New Yorker. Loved it. 80-year-old guy uh, taking new pictures of himself inside the men's locker room because he got, a, I guess, a decent body for an old man. And I'm like, really, is this is this the mentality? So he's being exposed. Then we have the Georgia sheriff, who, who's a black black sheriff who's in a uh, in gay movies as a an adult film. So he's homosexual. So we got this. So so this is your law enforcement. You got a judge that does nudies. You got you got a, a guy that does moonlights in a, a, adult entertainment. And then you got uh, this this other wacko, Jack Smith. I'm gonna call him what he is, in my opinion. He's just a wacko. He's butthurt. He's trying to get the judge to muzzle Trump, and that's just not happening. No one's ever going to muzzle Trump. So what do you make of all of this? I mean, it looks like the entire, not only did the elections expose the corruption at all levels of the judicial system, but now we're actually, through these indictments, are exposing the individual players on the deep state side. Well, I think we're absolutely exposing some of the large players, and Q references the Southern District of New York several times by name. Um, but I think to a greater extent, what it is highlighting out is the notion of fair and just, the notion of due process in an objective sense here in the United States has long been gone. Mm. Um, judges all of the way down to your state circuits and your state districts, right, bought off by different lobbying interests in your communities or different state provincial interests that have um, a sort of a, a vested uh, stake in what happens, what, you know, the decisions that come from the bench, right? Um, and we're seeing that highlighted out, I think, at the national stage with President Trump. And let's not forget about the uh, Virginia representative who is, a, I think, a, up until recently, an active porn star. Um, you know, yeah. So this is, I think, showing out that the, the corruption is very incestuous. And I use that term in all of the senses that I can. But it is also, a, you know, a, it accomplishes this, this bridging between government, which is supposed to be an entity, the, especially the executive and legislative, which is supposed to be an entity that helps to um, now institute some amount of order in society, right? Um, I think widely regarded as maybe a necessary evil for an orderly civilized society. And yet we have the very um, component that makes it orderly and civilized weaponized in a biased way by that very governmental institution, that very entity, right? So when we have this in a self-sufficient, or excuse me, in a self-fulfilling encirclement, um, and we the people are sort of caught in the middle, right? There's not going to be a possibility for us to have true justice. How many people in the United States each year are falsely convicted or wrongfully imprisoned? Um, how many people are wrongfully put to death, right? How many people are railroaded through tax laws, uh, given a light sentence, five, six, eight years, just to sort of uh, what Andrew Tate uses the term being swatted, just to swat them, right, and teach them a lesson. Um, yep. So we have we have to look at that as uh, when Julian Assange says that 98% of our institutions are compromised, I don't believe that to be the, the only in reference to the governmental entities. I think that also excuse me, ties back to the institutions writ large, right? The institutions across all different levers of power here in the United States and how they sort of serve the same master. And until we have this conversation, until we acknowledge that the same corruption that entrapped academics at Epstein Island and J Supreme Court justices at Epstein Island and very influ influential bureaucrats at Epstein Island, right? And Bohemian Grove and these different, um, these different parties and things that these individuals go to, until we acknowledge that all of this is related and all of it is uh, to a large extent, very coordinated. We have a hard time understanding the breadth and scope of it. Yeah. The breadth and scope is, is going to blow a lot of people's minds. You, you mentioned fire hose and people, when people are thirsty, well, this is going to be even 
bigger than that, right? It would be like a flood of information. A lot of people won't be able to de- deal with it. So going back to the, the drip, drip, drip analogy, I'm with you. That's why it's taken a number of years to, to wake up the normies. There's still going to be events there to really wake them up. That's coming. So Trump trial, he wants to televise one of them, maybe more of them. I don't know. But what would that do if he actually gets his way? Put it on TV. Well, I think that he is going to get his way because we saw House Democrats and Senate Democrats make moves um, to force this issue. Right. They were going to sort of teach the man a lesson. Right. The same the same um, um, playbook that is used attitudinally uh, by the deep state throughout their their various nefarious activities and machinations. But I think it's going to be one of the biggest blowbacks in the history of humankind, quite frankly. And the reason why is because Trump is going to present, according to his lawyers and his uh, legal team, classified information that categorically and empirically proves large-scale election fraud. And I can't imagine classified information not also containing foreign information. And what was EO13848? Foreign interference in a United States election. Um, so as we look at this televised process, I think even the normie patriot out there watching the uh, the news at a restaurant or the news, you know, in the background at a banking institution, for example, they're going to see that the United States of America's due process as it pertained to election and the fair vote for everyone, right? Everyone having an equal voice was completely tarnished and, and incinerated, right? It was essentially disintegrated and dissolved for not only the 2020 election, but the 2016 election as well. Um, This is going to be, I think, a boomerang of epic, epic proportions. I think it's going to force a tremendous amount of information out into the light. I think it's going to bring up the the issue of Obama's citizenship and eligibility to hold the office because we're going to get into um, the fact that the Hussein White House coordinated the 2016 attempt at the election steal, right? Um, I think there's a reason that we haven't seen Obama in the news very much, except a blurb here and a blurb there, and all of them are sort of unflattering. Or or a drowned chef. (laughs) Exactly. In a very unflattering light. And so we're having the narrative painted, I think, that this man is a homicidal deviant murderer. Um, He's he's a deep state machine, if there ever was one. And uh, by the time this process is over, but by the time these Trump trials have ended, I think we're going to need uh, probably a new word to encapsulate what treason really means. Yeah, there was it was funny. It was uh, a woman on TikTok. um, She 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 went to the Bible and Maybe she got it right. Maybe she got it wrong. But she, she says, what are the indicators for the Antichrist? And she, and she so she thought the Obama, Barack Obama, like some ancient Hebrew words and put together. It has to be him as the Antichrist. And I'm on my, my Bible show with my co-host and my co-host, Tracy. She goes, uh, no, the Bible clearly says the Antichrist will be of Syrian origin, Assyrian. Oh, so that, that absolutely we know Obama's not American. We know he's not Syrian. He's Kenyan at the end of the day. So that knocks him out. And he's he does he couldn't. An Antichrist is supposed to win over most of the world, right? To join the new world order. But I don't think you know Obama his his best days are far behind. I think what you're you're hitting on also about this trial is what I'm thinking. It's not just a 2020 trial. I mean the elections. What about the 2016 elections in which? I believe Russian hackers had to go in, prevent the vote flipping, the foreign vote flipping, which prevented Hillary Clinton from stealing the election. And what was at the center of it? Well, apparently the story goes that Burisma, Hunter Biden, hello, uh, had servers over in eastern Ukraine and that the Russians actually prevented those servers from being used to steal the election. Well, if that's true and that comes out, along with Leonardo 
uh, satellites being used and the CIA servers in Frankfurt, Germany for 2020, you're going to take down the entire Intel system along with a lot of politicians. Absolutely. And I think it's extremely possible that that's where we end up, right? Putin and President Trump had an unusual and very close relationship. And you could tell uh, body language, I think, is extremely important. And the two of them were, I think, um, you know, in, in a in a very sort of healthy way, distrusting of one another publicly. But you could tell that there was that very that very large scale of comfort that existed between the two of them. Right. This is not someone who's bought off by the Western deep state NATO apparatus that Putin and Russia writ large have been facing down for 30 plus years now at this point. Um, you know, these these trials, I think, are going to bring to the world the corruption of the intelligence community as a whole and how nefarious and how deep and how far the intelligence community's control of law enforcement goes, right? When we look at the yeah. how many uh, citizens' affidavits were completely rebuffed by police agencies in different areas, right? They were told that it didn't matter. Well, the police doesn't, they don't get to make that choice, right? Those sorts of affidavits, when three or more are gathered, um, they automatically qualify for an investigation by the sheriff. Many sheriffs would refuse to, uh, to conduct those investigations. Um, we've seen grand juries essentially rebuffed, um, at, you know, in the impaneling of that happening at the citizen level. Um, and then we have, um, excuse me, not countermanding, co competing grand juries being instituted and impaneled by the opposing forces, right? And then, uh, and that doesn't even get into covering how much um, obfuscation and obstruction we've seen in the judicial system as a whole. Um, as it pertains to the election fraud. So the intelligence community's manipulation of the not only the ability to kinetically change the election, but also then to control the outcome of uh, through various state and, 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 and local agencies and institutions to ensure um, the end goal, right? Sort of a backup plan or a fail safe, if you will, to can do holding all of the cards for the game and, and continuing to rig the game, right? It's, it almost doesn't make any sense, um, but it is how they insulate themselves and it is how they protect themselves. And these trials, I think, are going to show that this is a um, a clear violation, not only of the right to choose, but of the U.S. Constitution in every conceivable fashion. And it's been going on since year 2000. Yeah, it's been going on for 2000. That, that's for sure. Uh, let's go back to what you talk about. There's 90 percent of the institutions are corrupt. So it's not just the agencies and bureaucracies within the federal government or state government, for that matter. We're talking about academia. We're talking about all that we talk about the churches, in my opinion. A lot of these institutional churches, the old lockdown uh, through the government uh, during 2020 lockdown because they want to protect their, their tax status, right? So they're money changers, in my opinion. But now we had this big, big story, which was a smaller version of Epstein Island without the children, but prostitutes up in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and everybody under the sun has been has been named. They, they haven't personally named the Johns or the buyers, as they're calling them now. Right. And, they, and these three operations were going on. They, those were honeypots. And, and the women supposed that ran this were Asian. So I'm thinking, well, that might be a Chinese honeypot. So now Harvard and MIT and all these places are being exposed for what for what they really are. Well, they absolutely are. And what you just described, the universal um, language of blackmail, right, the universal language of creating a system that amplifies suffering to the greatest extent possible and then offering someone a get out of suffering free card, which is exactly the the circumstance that happens with these honeypots and buy off operations. And I think blackmail usually is uh, obtained as an insurance uh, approach to those same things. Right. But this this encompasses you know all of our different um, major faces that 
um, interact with uh, it, that we interact with at a societal level, academia, um, you know, large corporations, um, social policy and social cultural change being directed by the same institutions that we're just, you know, we're just talking about. Um, the judiciary and how that ties back to academia, right? How many judges, especially on uh, large federal circuits and, and you know courts of appeals and things of that nature, and even the Supreme Court were edu- were educated at Ivy League schools, right? So we have to look back and appreciate that there is an overlap in all of these areas, and it is within that overlap that the intelligence communities around the world have con- have um, conceived and then carried out their operations against mankind. Why did Ghislaine Maxwell own a submarine and have diplomatic immunity all of the around all around the world? Right? What was the company, the Terramar Project? What was that really about? Um, you know, we we look at. Um, the capabilities that the deep state has. What do they? What are they really doing in the shadows? What are people, um, you know, when they're blackmailed or when they go to a party or they go to an island gathering and things like that, and they don't realize what's going on, and then they're blackmailed without without knowing it. What happens to the the objectivity in the human being, and can they ever confirm that? Would they ever confirm that if you ask them to their face? Um, Q said it had to be this way because we have to highlight out the the I think the pathway, the journey of events with mankind to bring to the surface. Um, all of those things which are hidden, right? I think God says everything that is hidden will be laid to bear. Everything that will, you know, every yep. lie that exists in the back will be countered with the truth. And so we're seeing that process playing out at a cosmic level here in the world. Um, the the corruption that unifies us, going back to this sexual deviance, and then of course the financial buy off, the the dark occult, all of that sort of being in in the same um, nebulous vein, you know, at the top of what you would call the elite control of society. That has to be separated out into who's actually doing what and why and where it actually occurred, right? Who was participating in Room 29 at Epstein Island versus who was over here uh, caught up in some activity at a party that they didn't want to be at, um, and now they sort of have them by the short hairs for life. So this is a process that is arduous. It takes time. Um, it's an extremely delicate preservation of government, I think, here in the United States because you're trying to avert a civil war, provide the background and context for a mass awakening, and also kinetically disempower through irregular ways and means uh, the ability of the enemy to resist. You know, I'm, I'm I'm with you on this. This is uh, it's fascinating to see how this all plays out because it's being played out in regards to Terramark and even Epstein Island. You know, if they're 12 miles offshore of the United States or out in international waters from a nation, they are then a sovereign nation separate and they're under the UN. And Ghislaine Maxwell spent a lot of time in the United Nations uh, back 10 years ago. If you go back and look, look some of the videos, she was deeply involved. So I think the UN was involved in a lot of stuff that she and Jeffrey Epstein were doing and even her father, Robert Maxwell. Let's go back to our favorite subject. You and I talked about the FTX, Zelensky, Pelosi money laundering operation. That's that's crystal clear. That's been confirmed recently in, in court findings with the FTX collapse. But let's talk about Zelensky's wife. She's now uh, been out outed in the last couple of weeks with newspaper articles from a variety of source media sources claiming she's a ringleader of a child sex trafficking ring. How do, how does one take a Zelensky himself, right? The, the tranny dresser the puppet of the cabal and now his his uh wife or beard or whatever you want to call her she she's involved in child sex trafficking that kind of confirms the child sex trafficking in ukraine doesn't not i don't see how it can't and and russia has been sort of shouting this from the rooftop since they first arrived in maripol and found the things that they found there um, you know, this 
what's so amazing about this is this news I, that was the first that I'd heard about Zelensky's wife. I hadn't seen that report yet, but that comes on the heels of Zelensky appointing satanic witch Marina Abramovich to represent the Ukrainian government abroad. You can't make this up. Um, they have to be put up to it to, to, I think, in some regard, just because of the colossal um, mistake that gets made in the narrative space, which drives even a further connectivity, a congealment of that awakening. Right. Yeah. Um, the the types of things that Russia has found in Izum, in Bakhmut, in uh, soon to be in Avdivka, in Maropol, all of these different major junctions that Russia has arrived in, they have found just the most horrific crimes imaginable carried out against innocent civilians, against people, against children, um, you know, entire townships being bombarded by the Ukrainian military so that they could go in and harvest the organs of the dead and the half-dead and sell them overseas uh, during this conflict, right? They were more concerned about accomplishing the black market feeder uh, arm of this than they were actually defending against the advanced of uh, the advance of the Russian war machine. Um, so Russia is going, I think, to take Kiev in this process before it's over and go all the way to the Polish border because Russia is an Eastern Orthodox, um, you know, very sort of Christian country, a lot like Hungary in many regards, uh, maybe a few doctrinal differences, but they're, they're a Christian nation. They're very founded in their faith and in that uh, basic belief component. And this sort of evil is uh, Canaanite and Phoenician and is antithetical to everything that is good and holy and just. And the Russians know it. Um, there's been an enormous rate of kidnapping in southwest Russia or, since really the late 80s and early 90s. And it has not gotten any better with different various agreements and attempts at peace and this and that and the other with NATO over the last 20 to 30 years. I don't think that Moscow is willing to stand for it anymore. And when you consider that Ukraine is pr really a breakaway province and not its own nation anyway, um, I think they're sort of looking at this coupled with the biological terrorism threat, and they're acknowledging that this is the only way forward for them to ensure that this sort of evil is not carried out in that area of the world anymore. And it has the benefit of highlighting to the rest of the world that if this level of evil can happen here and be so coordinated and so effectively managed and so uh, smooth and clever, where else is it happening and who's really driving it, right? Who is resisting the change uh, in Ukraine right now? It's not the Ukrainian people. It's Washington, D.C. and the Kiev oligarch government, which are sort of one and the same nebulous entity. And then you have the different component NATO governments in Europe, uh, you know, many, you know, by, by and large, as a majority, many of whom are hated by their, uh, their own citizenry uh, for the actions that are being conducted there. Right. And many of them, I think um, we could make the case are probably illegitimate just based on the discovery uh, over the last three years here in the United States. And what are they doing? They're sort of. Um, setting the stage, if you will, for an escalation, right? They, they, uh, NATO comes out and says things like, we don't want a conflict with Russia, but then we move troops into Latvia and Estonia, which happened just in recent weeks. Um, so I think we have to acknowledge that that, that ties us back to that um, uh, discussion we were having earlier about taking them at their actions and not their words. And I think Russia has understood for a long time that actions matter. Um, the the, the um, associations that are very plainly made, I think, in the public space, they do matter. Um, and we have to congeal this as we go forward to appreciate what's actually happening here. You know, I'm with you. Uh, just a real quick history for the audience here. Um, after World War II, or even probably towards the end, uh, the Vatican and the Red Cross made a, a a corridor from Germany into Western Ukraine and and basically escorted 50,000 hard Nazis. Th those are the Azov Nazis today with with in, in, in Ukraine. For and NATO became uh, was was I guess. I forgot the uh, position of the Nazi, but the Nazi basically, I didn't say necessarily found NATO, but he was one of the, 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 the executives there in the beginning. So you have a Fourth Reich NATO, you have the Azov Nazis of Ukraine, and of course NATO is going to uh, protect the 
modern day Nazis. Well, and Q talks a lot about bloodlines, right? And when we look at people like, um, you know, Secretary General, I think it's Stoltenberger, or we look at different individuals going back through the NATO alliance, they have ties, uh, familial ties to very influential groups of power. Um, the Nazis, of course, being one of them in, in the World War II days, but you could tie it back to the early uh, early eight, or excuse me, early 20th century banking system here in the United States and all of the different things that happened post-1871 in the lead up to that 1913 act, right? They're all the same group. They all sort of uh, intermarry and keep things all within the family, right? There's a reason the mafia, um, when we think of the, the, the New York mafia of the 60s and 70s and 80s, we think of them as families, right? Because it, it's, it's very much a keep it all within the family operation. And that's a, employed at the macro scale by these groups, um, you know, appreciating what's occurring here in the world is is appreciating the writing of generational wrongs. The world, there were three world wars planned by Albert Pike and the Illuminati syndicate, and and they were actually talked about, I think, in a document called Morals and Dogma. And so when we look at the way that things have transpired in the last hundred years, what have we had? We've had two world wars, uh, more than 140 different smaller conflicts in that period of time. Uh, those world wars were the first large shots in, in destabilizing and destroying we the people's ability to maintain control and hegemony over our own territories. The end of World War I saw the dissolution of a 700-year-old empire known as the Ottoman Empire. Um, and now I think we're seeing a resurgence of that in many regards with the conflict in the Middle East. So we have a generational correction of piecemealing that has occurred. We have a generational correction of territorial violation, partitioning off of uh, nations against the, the will of we, the people, um, the ending of the Romanov dynasty, which destroyed a great age here in the, in, in the uh, I almost said in the United States, here in the world, um, you know, understanding that that uh, that grievous wrong affected the, the Russian conscience, the conscience of the Slavic Russian people in the same way that witnessing John F. Kennedy's assassination on television affected the consciousness of the American population in the 60s and, and of course, generationally onward from that. So this is a this is a mission of correcting very old wrongs, very deep seated um, what you could call spell work in the negative, right? And sort of rebalancing that um, into the light as much as we possibly can. And doing so, I think, uh, with the acknowledgement through love that it's going to be a difficult process because of the nature of entrenchment that exists in the world. I'm with you on that, SG. Let's move on to three, three sting operations. This is just my opinion, my research over the last four years. I believe the, the first the CARES Act was a double sting operation in the sense that it, it allowed the uh, U.S. Treasury to uh, take take the Federal Reserve and fold it into U.S. Treasury for, for Trump to forensically audit the the Federal Reserve, the private bank's books going back to 1913, right? That was one part of it. The other part of it, though, was uh, Trump gave a blank check work speed on, on one end for the vaccines, right, the bioweapons. But he also gave a blank check for any any COVID patients, right? And COVID is a very loose word. And you, you got paid uh, $39,000 per ventilator. You got paid more for remdesivir and so on and so forth. And if you follow the seven-step process, you're brought in, you're isolated from your family or witnesses. And then you went through this process, you were dead within two weeks, right? The patient was. And once they got the medical examiner's certificate, they you know, made more than six figures, like 100000 plus for each dead patient. I believe that's a sting operation because, believe me, they, they've got to have every penny and dime for the CARES Act, trace and tracked everywhere, and all of the crimes agreed. So I believe big hospitals are in trouble. That's my opinion. You want to weigh in anywhere on the CARES Act as a sting operation? I think that's an enormous possibility because the CARES Act was actually written textually the summer before 2020. 
um, prior to the emergence even of the Wuhan Institute of Virology into the narrative space, right, and this nebulous thing that we were um, calling this novel coronavirus that was um, taking the world by storm. Um, you know, every bit of money that has been spent and produced, I think, um, by the Federal Reserve since Trump's presidency and inauguration in January of 2017 has been for a purpose. And I think that purpose is exactly what you just highlighted, to track where it all goes. Uh, when you are, uh, uh, when the mission is to disempower and destroy all of the Hydra's abilities to feed itself, uh, to recover and nourish itself when, when it takes a beating in different regions, you have to do so in a way that draws all of the lifeblood out of the system. Now, how do you also simultaneously capture large-scale international fraud and crime, right? Large-scale blackmailing, large-scale money laundering, um, exchanges and buy-offs that happen with healthcare institutions, hospital associations, um, you know, different incestuous relationships between academia, government agencies and bureaucracies, the NIH being the best well-known, I think, of that. Um, you know, we have to look at where all of the money goes and we have to look at how much money was actually allocated towards it. You can take, I think, a quantity of money and send it out into the system of the world. And if you're able to track it and we know that watermarked ballots were used in the 2020 election. So I do not believe it is above the possibility whatsoever that watermarked monies were issued as a result of the CARES Act in 2020. Um, when you do that, you can trace and track where it all goes and where it eventually ends up. You can eliminate every mercenary arm down at the community level that participated in things like the trafficking of organs or the selling of dead bodies or the, uh, or the assault of dead bodies against uh, the wishes of the family in different morgues of hospitals that occurred during COVID, right? Um, and that didn't occur just in the United States. It occurred worldwide. And now, of course, we know why when you consider that there's an extraordinarily large black market for biological material to include organs and pathogens and things of that nature and blood. Um, then we have to look at why would this um, or how, excuse me, would this entire component complex feed itself? Money is the unifying force. It's the unifying factor. Um, I believe it's extremely possible that we've got a multi-level sting operation happening here, not just with um, the CARES Act, but with all of the different actions that occurred uh, post the CARES Act and, and through the Trump's executive orders. And I think what we've actually captured here is the participation of, of big pharma at, at sort of a macro scale across nation state boundaries. And, and of course, the United States being maybe perhaps the largest as far as it comes to the Western world's attention. Well, we've caught big pharma in an outright violation of Throckmorton, which means that fraud takes us all of the way back to the very beginning before any of this ever occurred. Right. And so that is going to include, I think, uh, the legal basis to absolutely incinerate forevermore the ability of big pharma to persist as an entity into the world. I think that they have doomed themselves as a result of these um, of, pro of as a result of these processes. And that doesn't even include the idea of military tribunal and coalition justice for bioterrorism, which will also encapsulate and I think uh, sort of whip up and scoop up big pharma in that discussion and, and when those meetings and, and tribunals actually occur at a nation state level. Um, so this is a really exciting time to be alive when we when we appreciate all of the different levers that are put into play to um, catch this system, you know, sort of in its own self. The the difficulty with the Hydra is we have 10,000 heads, so we chop off 9,400 of them, and yet the beast still fights. You know, the beast is still moving ahead. And so if we don't get all of the heads, if we don't capture every single arm, if we don't disempower every single avenue and feeder that helps to uh, support the beast's life, you know, lifeblood and, and livelihood, um, then we're sort of fighting a fool's errand. So this is, I think, one of the multi-angular ways that we're doing this. I'm very excited to see how these principles play out as we go forward. Um, and I'm quite honestly, James, I think that these issues of fraud, not only in healthcare, but also in government, in finance, and in the business space, 
uh, as a whole. I think that's going to take us back to pre-1871. It's going to be a beautiful, I think, process to move through. It's not going to be without its difficulties here as patriots because it is a difficult process uh, when we consider what's actually happened here in the world. But because of our awareness of that, because of our understanding and our clear focus of what has occurred here, we can design and implement the solution to that and move it forward here in this world. I'm with you on that. Uh, we got four minutes left. So we talked about the second sting operation, the election coup already. So we've already talked about that. I want to give to my theory, my third elect, uh, uh, sting operation. God works in threes, right? Father, Son, Holy Ghost, one, two, three, ABC. Everything's in threes. I, I've been stuck for a year. What is the third sting operation? And then a guy came out, a humanitarian guy on TikTok about three weeks ago. He said, oh, my God, in epiphany, the entire, entire U.S. borders is a trick. And so suddenly I got it. And so I show that executive order of, of Trump activating all these National Guard, sending them overseas for these, these uh, nar narcotic uh, operations, so on and so forth. A lot of militaries left the United States under Trump and even early Biden. So one, it's showing weakness to China. But, but at the end of the day, what if they were sent overseas, got trained and deputized, come back as migrants because America's melting pot. So you could have a Chinese American People think it's Chinese fighting man, right, or whatever. You have Mideast people, same thing, right? So they come in and blend in with the 8 million people that came in under Biden. They get their cell phones, their 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 debit cards, free bus ticket, free plane ticket, and they fly to New York City and all these other hotels, all these blue cities, and they're doing what? They're collecting intelligence now, and they're waiting for the ghost sign to do what? To, as deputized, they would go arrest judges. We've talked about this earlier in the show. All, all of the sheriffs who have sworn oath to the corporation, the Beast Corp, and not the Constitution, right? Corporate uh, CEOs, uh, big hospitals take down all of those kind of, yeah, okay, they're, 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 some are civilians, some are government, but they're not the, the politicians of DC. They, they will be dealt with differently, but they'd go take down these people. They would end up putting them in FEMA camps that were meant for us to be destroyed, right? They were going to take them into empty big box stores. They got to be kept somewhere. So what is the possibility, we got about two minutes now, of the U.S. open borders, as strange as this might seem, being a potential third sting operation? You know, I think it, I think it is, um, because everything in this warfare scenario that we're living through has multi-dimensions to it, right? There's a multiple, uh, there's a multiple dimensional nature to all of these operations. That's part of what keeps the deep state on their toes. It's part of what I think President Trump means when he says we don't telegraph our moves anymore. Um, and we're not going to tell the enemy what we're going to do, right? If you all know, then so do they. Um, I, I, the border situation, I think, quite frankly, there's two sides to it. I think we, we've got, um, patriots from other countries that are ingratiating themselves into these caravans and moving within the United States. And it's very likely that they're associated militarily with the U.S. National Guard and the Pentagon um, and, and the results of different alliances that Trump outlaid starting at the very beginning of his presidency, right? Um, we're seeing a number of the nations from the Middle East, for example, including Saudi Arabia, represented in these caravans coming into uh, the U.S. through the southern border. Um, and so we I think we have to conclude that there's a good possibility and it is just a possibility, I think, that it's that it, there's more at play here with with those caravans than what we're being told. I think another angle to this sting operation, quite frankly, is that we have individuals um, trained in militarized tactical warfare and and urban style warfare coming in from around the world to take 
uh, take home is not really the white, the right uh, word to, to use or right phrase to use um, to stand against those assets, those militarized non-state assets that come uh, from their nations of origin. Right. For example, we know that one of the goals here at the end of this is to achieve worldwide peace and stability, some sort of worldwide uh, basis for trust, worldwide basis for unification and unity of some sort um, and a no war situation. Right. We'll talk about it rather than fight about it. That's the goal here. I think that's the overall um, intentionality of everyone, not only the awakened patriot, but everyone that's a part and party to this journey. So if we appreciate then that there are many states around the world that have such large and powerful non-governmental military organizations, such as the cartels, that have near total control of the operational nature of what occurs in that nation state, if we are going to not violate that nation's sovereignty and still eradicate the cartel's ability to influence and control those nations, what do we have to do? We have to pit those individuals against worthy adversaries. We have to bring those individuals uh, up against those who are trained in um, a much higher level of, of tactical warfare. Uh, the, the Mexican cartels have essentially run that country for a long time, and the South American ones are certainly no better. But the story of warlordship influencing the nation-state actions of, of countries around the world is very common. You can find it pretty much on every continent. So if we take the warlords and we send them to uh, Western nations, and then simultaneously we also send uh, agents of our own military who have been specially trained in uh, warfare to target these individuals, right? Now they're on a different playing field. Uh, they don't have home turf advantage. They may have limited capability as far as resistance is concerned because they do, they do still have to cross you know, over these borders and they have to make the journey. So you have to travel light in some regards. Um, I think that that's very possible. We've got this going on as, as a, a, an enormous uh, rat trap, if you will, for everyone around the world in a non state militarized fashion. Every one of them is carrying a smartphone. Uh, NSA tracks, you know, NSA and Cybercom track smartphones in real time using very advanced software. We talk about X-Key, we talk about Prism, things of this nature. They can yeah. geolocate these individuals within a matter of minutes, right? Um, if you have a coordinated militarized action occurring, you know, with a, with a unified military alliance and the U.S. Space Force is running real-time data aggregation and analysis to feed recon uh, to a military operation that is being carried out at the ground level by things like the National Guard, you would be able to find these assets in all major urban areas very quickly. Um, so this process, I think, is going to play out to, um, quite frankly, I think it's going to scare the hell out of the American population, the American public. We've never been invaded before, um, yep. not to this extent. This is a true invasion, if there ever was one. I think it helps to serve, uh, it helps uh, to teach the lesson, maybe if we can use that terminology, maybe to at a mankind macro consciousness level, that territorial integrity as a nation state does matter. Um, it's not a racist thing to ensure uh, a correct processing of transfers across borders, right, and cross creeds. If you're going to switch alliances or add a citizenship or, or a, a nation loyalty to your repertoire, I think there a certain amount of uh, care needs to be applied in that process. And so this is something I think that is going to serve that purpose as well, but it's also going to serve the purpose to show that the Manchurian administration that we're all um, living with and, and um, so gleefully disappointed with in many regards is actually participating directly, uh, purposefully in the disintegration and destruction of our organized society here in the United States. SG, great show, great download. I agree with you. I, I think you really elaborated on a potential third sting operation, which would make a lot of sense. It has two impacts, like you said, right? One is to, uh, to scare the living daylights out of Americans, like, oh my God, we got invaded. And two, to take down the deep state. Because how does God work? God, God works by doing what? 
using the weapon of the uh, using the weapon of the enemy against the enemy. Ultimately, that's what the open borders would be. SG, where can people find you? Oh, sorry about that. My microphone was having issues. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, where, where can people find you? So I can be found now in three authentic places online. I'm on True Social at the handle Real SGAnon with a red check mark. I can be found at rumble.com slash user slash Q News Patriot. And there is now an official Twitter presence for SGAnon. The handle is at the Q News Patriot on X, formerly known as Twitter. It has a blue check mark. Great. Thank you, SG. Uh, Look forward to seeing you in the near future. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Stay blessed. Yep.